0: This is episode 18 of The Kingdom Is Here. If I were to ask you what your favorite Bible verse is, your favorite passage of Scripture, if I were to ask you to quote or recite that verse, what would it be? What would you say? What would your response be to that? What comes to your mind when we start to mention some of these things and talk about what's your favorite Bible verse and why? Why is it so important to you? If I were to share mine, it would be found in Psalm 19 and verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Thinking about the that verse and those things and these passages that come to our minds and why they are so important to us, why they matter so much. One of the most well-known passages of Scripture, probably the most quoted or referenced verses that we would refer to, is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, and verse 16. You probably know this, so I'm just going to give it to you here. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave, gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the interesting thing here is, while this is probably the most quoted or referenced passages of scripture in our world, it's often one of the most misunderstood. That might be a little bit confusing, so we'll talk about it. Let's see where this goes. This is Nathan Kirk, and I have really good news. So I'm looking at this passage in John chapter 3, and we sometimes jump right to verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, I think is really cool too. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. These are a couple of really just neat verses in scripture, but there's a problem with these in how we look at them. And the problem is this. The problem is that when we just look at these verses on their own, we fail to realize that these verses are actually a part of a conversation between Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus wasn't just any ordinary man. He was a Jew. He was a Pharisee, so a ruler of the Jews. And I just want to insert here the importance of taking those verses in the context of how they were written. Because it doesn't just start at the middle of the conversation right there. It actually starts at the beginning of this chapter. Now, so many people in Christianity have just taken that verse and said, Well, this is how you make it. This is how you get eternal life or everlasting life. Is all you have to do is believe. But the problem with that is that you're jumping into the middle, nearing the end of a conversation without having anything leading up to that. And this isn't even the main point of what I want to talk about today. But really, I just want to share this with somebody. That really, to understand what's going on here in this passage, you got to go to the beginning of this chapter. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This, this man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless... God is with him. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here we have Jesus inserting his plan and his agenda into this conversation. And he's referencing just being able to see the kingdom of God. And he's saying, if you want to see the kingdom of God, a lot of times we would just want to jump down to verse 16. Oh, I just have to believe. It's like, no. Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus says to him in response, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? It almost seems like a facetious or like maybe a sarcastic response that he's giving to him. Jesus answers again. and He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless... You're born of the water and the spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's giving us some guidance here, giving us some direction. and He's saying, if you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born of water and of the spirit. So crucial and so important for believers, those who already believe, to realize that if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you want to see it, if you want to enter into it, this is just your entrance. This is just getting your foot in the door. This is just the beginning stages. If you want to see and get into the kingdom of God, Jesus' words are that you must be born again. It's that entrance into the kingdom that is so vital and so important. It's that initial stages of getting in. And so many of the promises that we see in Scripture about what the kingdom of God is and what it's like and how heaven is now and also not yet. Right, The kingdom of God is now, it's here, and it's also coming, it's also on its way. So, so many of these things that we observe in the promises of God and, and what he has for us and those that are part of his kingdom. And everything that comes as a result of that, it actually begins with entering into the kingdom. Sometimes we think that all we have to do is just believe. Well, there are lots of people that believe, but they certainly never really truly enter into the kingdom or there are we the the other side to this is sometimes we also think that um once we enter in once we are born again born of the water born of the spirit once that happens then that's it we've arrived oh that's far from it though that's just getting inside the door that's just the beginning of where things are at it's just like the birth stages when you're born and you, you're a brand new baby, that's just your beginning. That's just the, the initial stages. And so many of us, we need to begin to progress beyond these initial stages. We need to move beyond the simplicity and the initial stages of where we've entered into the kingdom, but now how we engage in the kingdom. I want to look at something that I maybe take a little bit of an issue with in Nicodemus's approach to Jesus, and it's this. Now, I, understand, I think I understand why he did it this way, but regardless, the Bible says that this man, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night. He was a, a covert Christian, as it were, so to speak, in, in a sense. He came under the radar, under the radar, didn't want anybody to see, didn't want his reputation questioned, didn't want to be um, associated with Jesus. He just wanted to sneak in there and because he had some questions to ask Jesus. He had some things he needed to talk to him about. So he came in covertly. He came in under the radar. I want to turn this maybe around for us today and ask this question. How many times do we do that in our walk with God? How many things are we so proud of and so many things that we we have our great admissions toward? But then when we talk about our own personal walk with God and, and this great, great profession of faith that we personally have, how many times do we try to sneak that in under the radar? How many times do we take that candle and light it and it's lit, but uh, when other people start to see the light, I think I'm just going to hide it under a basket. I want to keep it lit. I want to keep that candle burning. But I don't really know if I want everybody to see it because that really exposes, as light does, that really exposes me and leaves me feeling vulnerable. It leaves us feeling as though as though we are exposed now and people around us can see us but the beauty of that is that they're not actually seeing you they're seeing your father your heavenly father they're seeing him revealed so what is it about him his ways his kingdom what is it about him that we don't want people to see In reality, maybe there are some different answers for that. I I don't really know for you personally. And I'm certainly not accusing anybody. (laughs) How dare you, right? No, I'm not accusing anybody. But I am saying sometimes we conduct ourselves in this way. where we come to Jesus at night, under the radar, covertly, we don't necessarily always want everyone to see. We don't always like being exposed and vulnerable. Sometimes it's difficult. in In our world that we're living in today, it's becoming more and more difficult to be a Christian and to function in this world. I now don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. And uh, and and so don't somebody just kind of grab hold of. Grab hold of this and say, well, yeah, he said it, you know, I was thinking it, and so he said it, and that's kind of what I think as well. Like, hold on, everyone, just time out. What I am talking about is that the world that we're living in is growing darker and darker. It's growing worse and worse. Scripture tells us that evil men and seducers will continue to grow worse and worse. That's, that's what we have to look forward to. Wonderful. And it's becoming more and more difficult to be that follower of Jesus Christ that sticks closely to Him and to also function like everybody else in this world can function. It's it's the design of what's going on in the times that we're in to continue to whittle away, to whittle away, and to find that the, the real thing that the world is trying to stop is the advancement of the kingdom of God. But can I tell you that they cannot stop him. They cannot stop him advancing. They can't stop his kingdom moving. They cannot resist the change that's taking place. And let me go further to say this, that while you may look around you and by your perception you see that the world is succeeding and that the world is growing worse and that things are going in the wrong direction, can I tell you that these things do not impact the sovereignty of God because God in His sovereign will and design will advance His kingdom in His name above every other name. And we are promised that at the name of Jesus, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't have to come to him and be ashamed. You don't have to come to him under the cover of darkness to hopefully hide what you believe and what you profess to be true. You don't have to come to him like that. You do not need to be ashamed as a matter of fact this is what we read from paul when paul writes and he speaks about this very thing he says in romans chapter 1 and verse 16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ the good news of jesus christ and the good news of jesus christ is that his kingdom is coming his kingdom is here and it's also on his way where he will set everything right He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God, the right ways of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. What I want to share with you today is this, is this notion and this thought. You don't have to come to Jesus and live for Him under the cover of darkness, concealed and covert. You can come to Him in plain view, where everybody can see you. And as a matter of fact, such a wonderful, beautiful way to do that. Because let me tell you, if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have been born into His kingdom. And the way that we're born into His kingdom is by being born of the water, through baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with His Spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost. And you read about that in the book of Acts. It starts out in Acts chapter 2. Being born of the water and being born of the Spirit is how you enter into this kingdom. And can I tell you that if you are a part of His kingdom... This world and the people around you already know that there's something different about you. They already know that there's something unique and set aside, peculiar even, which is by God's design because that's who He's chosen you to be. They already know that. And so they're actually waiting to see you revealed because when they see you revealed, they don't see you, they see your Heavenly Father I want to challenge somebody today that the kingdom of god is at hand it's here it's here and it's also coming and people need to see what it really is all about not a watered down version not an apologetic version not kind of Trying to back our way in and hopefully by riding out this storm, we can hopefully make it there. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a full-on, not ashamed, bold approach. Taking the covers off, taking the limits off, and allowing this world to see the glory of God revealed in your life. And through how you live, how you conduct yourself, how you talk, how you interact with others that it all reflects the beauty and the glory of God. Amen. So, maybe be like Nicodemus in asking those questions. Be like Nicodemus in coming to Jesus. But don't do it under covert cover of darkness. Do it in a way that allows this world to see Him through everything you do and everything that you are. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Kingdom Is Here podcast hosted by Nathan Kirk. We appreciate the time you took to listen and are looking forward to being with you again next week. Remember your allegiance to the king and his kingdom. And as always, we hope this was helpful.